the Oracle of Egypt. This isn't any normal podcast. This is a channel where I, Jade Louise Tipples, will be sharing with you an incredible amount of wisdom which I have gained along my journey as a British woman living here in Egypt. In this podcast, I will dive deep into what it's like being stuck in a toxic marriage for eight years with an Egyptian man, converting to Islam, going through a challenging divorce process, healing my broken heart, my spiritual awakening, which led me to finding my purpose and becoming the incredible woman I am today. As a relationship mentor, I am devoted to supporting, guiding and empowering women who have lost themselves in marriages to men from the Middle East. I now use my own healing journey as a map to guide other heartbroken women back to the women they desire to be, breaking free from toxic relationships they are stuck in to guiding and empowering women to be the truest version of themselves. I know that there are many women out there that are suffering in silence and through this podcast I desire to be women's helping hand which I never had on my journey, providing the shortcuts to safely breaking free and being happy once again. So without further ado, it's time to begin this week's episode. The silent killers of most relationships and marriages these days. And you're probably not going to expect what I'm going to say because these silent killers, they're silent killers for a reason because most of the time we aren't actually aware that these things are going on, which over time is killing what is going on within your relationship and your marriage. And what I'm talking about here is a type of abuse that goes under the radar so much in so many different societies, both here in Egypt and all around the world. Um, But I feel in the Middle East that this type of abuse is so normalised because it's been done for generations that most of the people are completely unaware that it is actually abuse. And believe it or not, um, it can be that the men are subjected to this based on their own upbringing with their mothers, believe it or not. So, um, yeah, this is a big topic which we're diving into today. And the type of abuse that I mean is emotional and mental abuse. And you're probably thinking, like, how can someone abuse me emotionally? How can someone abuse me mentally? And it's these two aspects that are the main things that toxic narcissistic narcissistic people use when in a relationship with them. So, um, first of all, I'm going to talk why these two types of abuse um, are so problematic for women, because believe it or not, us as women, we are emotional beings, okay? We are all about our emotions. How we feel emotionally is how we are. Okay, and if we are somehow abused with our emotions, it makes us unsettled. It makes us start to move very much from um, a person who just embraces themselves to a person that has to prove themselves. 
And it's very much um, moving from a very feminine state of being to a very masculine state of doing, okay? This is the the depths of everything. And when we are moving from feminine to masculine, we are moving from being emotion-based to being mentally-based. So once our core is hit with our emotions and we start being emotionally abused, that's when our mind kicks in. Does that make sense? Because we as women at our core are all about our emotions. We are emotional beings, okay? That is what we're all about. We are all about our emotions. And once our emotions are not in a correct way or our emotions are questioned, we then start to move to our minds. That's not where we as women should naturally be. We shouldn't be overthinking. We shouldn't be worrying about the next step. We shouldn't be in fear. We shouldn't be always thinking about the what ifs. And this is the result of mental abuse that we've been through. And believe it or not, society in general is quite a mentally abusing place. There is a lot of mental abuse that goes under the radar within friendships, even within the workplace. Like this isn't just relationship based. This is everything. And if we are not as women aware of this type of abuse, we are going to keep continuing people to allow us to treat us in certain ways. And the thing is, if we are brought up with emotional and mental abuse, we actually think it's normal. And this is the thing. If we believe it's normal, we are going to keep accepting it. And the more we keep accepting it, the more we're going to keep losing ourselves in relationships, in jobs, in friendships, because we teach people how to treat us. So if people are abusing us, it's only when we say... No, you are not going to abuse me anymore in this way and by using our voice and speaking up. And for most of us, speaking up is a really, really hard thing to do. However, in situations like this, with this type of abuse, this is the only way in which you are going to begin to stop this cycle going on in your life. Okay, so... So far, you're probably sat there thinking, well, what is emotional and mental abuse? And how is it so silent to go under the radar? Okay, so I'm going to start with emotional abuse at the beginning, because this actually happened to me um, a few days ago when I saw a friend of mine. He said something very innocently, but I was like, oh, don't start with the emotions with me because he was trying to make me feel guilty with what he said. And when we as women feel like someone is going to be disappointed in us, someone is going to make us feel guilty, someone is going to make us feel shameful or ashamed, all of these emotions make us do things to avoid us feeling this emotion. This is how emotional abuse works. So all he said was, was something very simple, but it's something that's said quite a lot here in Egypt, actually. Um, He said, 
um, I'm not happy with you. I said, why is that? He said, because you didn't ask about me. That means that you don't care about me. The jade before would have thought, oh my God, I'm such a bad person because I didn't ask about them. And because I didn't ask about them, maybe they don't want to be my friend. And I need to apologise for this because it is my problem because I didn't ask about them and that's really bad of me. And I would have said, I'm really, really sorry that I didn't ask about you. Um, but really, uh, I really do value our friendship and please like, forgive me for not asking you. I'm really, really sorry. Um, I'll make sure that I'll ask about you. And then I would then make sure afterwards that I would text and I would call, even if I wasn't that close with that person, because I didn't want them to feel unhappy towards me. I didn't want them to feel disappointed in me, okay? So because I didn't want another person to feel disappointed about me, I would avoid that feeling and I would overdo in that friendship. Whereas now, straight away, I have like little radars that come on. <laughs> so I'm like, ding, 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 trying to get my emotions, ding, 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 ding. I am not letting him in. My guard comes up and I said to him, I said, look, there is no need for you to be angry at me. I am the type of person that doesn't always communicate with my friends regularly, but that doesn't mean that there's an issue in our friendship. And it doesn't mean that I don't care about you. Just because you like to check on your friends all the time doesn't mean that I'm the same. However, I've seen you now and I'm checking how you are. He was shocked. He didn't know what to say. He just said, okay, okay, yeah. And then he changed the subject. Why? Because I voiced the fact of him trying to attack me in my core of my emotions. Because this is the thing. Believe it or not, men know on a level that they're completely not aware of because this is through cultural and generational programming that they've done it for so long because this is so much more of a bigger picture going on right now. But the patriarchal way, the men way of doing things is disempowering women. Because believe it or not, we are the most powerful thing in this on this earth, okay? And men don't like that. And for so long, men have been taught how to disempower women. And the way that they can disempower women is hit them at their core, which is their emotions. And that was exactly what he was trying to do. He was trying to disempower me in that moment. And because I've got my radars on, I know when someone's trying to disempower me and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <clears throat> I'm not being disempowered right now. I'm going to step in my power and I'm going to tell them how they're making me feel with what they've said. So in that moment, not only did I have awareness about it, I decided, number one, <clears throat> consciously, I'm not going to keep accepting what I accepted before because I've done so much deep inner work that I no longer have to accept this way of treatment. And number two, I've done so much inner work that I've been able to voice my opinion to a man 
And with me voicing my opinion, he's like, well, okay, I'm not going to speak to Jade like that again. Because I'm teaching him how to speak to me. Because I don't want people in my life that are going to disempower me. This is the point. I've been disempowered so much in my life. I don't want to be disempowered anymore. So as soon as I feel that my power is being threatened or my power is um, is at a point where it could be disempowered, my my defence mechanisms, in a way, come come uh, come online, and when they come online, that's when I use my voice. You know, this is moving very much from the good girl that you always think that you should be, like you should be a good girl, you should make sure that everyone's happy and everyone has their fair share and you're always nice to people because you don't want people hating you to the badass bitch. Because the thing is, in my journey, being the good girl and being nice to everyone hasn't got me anywhere. If anything, it's disempowered me that much that I lost myself. So I can no longer be this good girl anymore. With people that are going to emotionally and mentally abuse me, the badass bitch needs to come out. And do you know what I say to so many people that come here <clears throat> and visit me? I'm really sorry. <laughs> because when I'm outside now, this I have a face. Like, I just have this face. And it's my bad bitch face. My badass bitch face. And I'll say to people, I'm really sorry. When I go out, I just have a face. So please... Um, I don't want you thinking that I'm like, I have a switch personality. It's just that when I'm out with these types of men in this country, um, they are a certain way and I can't, I can't go out without this bitch face on because if I don't go, if I go with my good girl face, <clears throat> they will start to take advantage. Okay. So again, something very simple catching on your emotions again. When I walk past a shop, the Egyptian shopkeepers are very good at making you feel guilty. Oh, can you please come in my shop? I didn't have any business today. Please, can you come in? So if you're in the good girl phase, you're going to start feeling guilty and you're going to go into his shop because he's pulling on your heartstrings. Whereas with me, I'm like, the fact that you've had no one in your shop is not my problem. Like, I'm really sorry about that, but that's not my problem. I hope you have a good day teaching him that he can't make me feel guilty that's what I'm saying underneath it don't you dare make me feel guilty to come into your shop to buy something out of guilt I'm not doing that and in emo in relationships it works in a slightly different way in regards to um he can make you feel really guilty to be doing a lot more in your relationship than you need to. So as example, a classic example, um, I don't know. Here in Egypt, it's very normal that the woman is cooking for her husband every day. So most Egyptians are brought up that their mum stays at home, their dad goes out and works, and the mum is at home cooking and cleaning the house all day. So when he comes in from work or when... He, as a child, came in from school. His dinner would always be there, okay? So as an adult, he believes that his food being there 
when he comes in from work is normal because that's what his mum did. So he could say to you, if you're the type of woman that didn't have his dinner ready, he could say to you, you don't love me because you haven't put my dinner on the table. And in that, you're like, oh my God, maybe I am a bad person because I haven't got his dinner ready. Like, oh my God, right, I'm going to make sure that I do his dinner every day. You're not actually thinking, well, hang on a minute, can I make dinner every day? Or am I just going to make him dinner all the time just to not cause problems? Because it could be that you don't make him dinner on a few occasions and then he gets angry. And because you want to avoid the anger, you're just like, oh, do you know what? Just for a quiet life, I'm just going to do it. Another example, how you dress. So with me, obviously coming from the UK, I would, in his eyes, be quite revealing. I would go to the beach and wear a bikini. He met me like that, okay? Just as he met you in that way. He met you dressed and as you are, wearing a bikini, drinking alcohol perhaps, swearing perhaps, um, not covering your hair. He's met you like that, okay? And then I remember after being here for a few months, he said to me, he said, when you go to the beach, can you put shorts on? I said, sorry, what? He said, can you put shorts on? I said, why have I got to put shorts on? He said, because there's a number of men that are looking at you at the beach and I'm not comfortable with them looking at you at the beach. And this area itself is just for me. And I want that area completely to be protected just so I can see it. And I was like, but the bikini bottoms covers, the shorts are going to cover your bum completely. So they're not going to see your bum. All right. Like, I just want that to be covered. Do you have a problem with that? I'm like, whoa. And then my good girl head was like, but I feel like I need to do this to keep him happy. And then I thought to myself, oh, it's just something small. Like, it's fine. I'll just put the shorts on just to make him happy. And it's not really a problem for me. So I did it once. But then again, later on, Jade, why are you wearing that tight dress? Everyone can see your body. And you do know that your body's just for me, right? Yeah, I get that, but I really like wearing this dress. Yeah, but it's important for me that no one sees your body apart from me. Like, this is what you do here in Egypt. So again, he made me feel guilty. Do you see how certain comments can really play on our emotions? And because we don't, we aren't, as women, we aren't always taught how to process our emotions. And this is why, unfortunately, like issues with our mental health, because we, we are not given a manual on how to deal with certain emotions. Once we know how to deal with certain emotions, we are not scared to, to, to see them. We're not scared to experience them because we know how to handle them. This is why deep self-development work is so important. Because we as emotional beings understand ourselves on such a deeper level that if someone does want to try and make us feel guilty, we're like, right, okay, do you know what? I can hold this emotion. 
I know how to deal with this emotion instead of being the good girl that's too scared to feel that emotion and makes other people happy not to feel the emotion themselves. This is what emotional abuse is. It's us avoiding certain emotions that we don't know how to process, which then makes us do things that we don't want to do. And then the thing is, more and more and more, as the emotional abuse gets more and more and more, you will find that you are literally, whenever your emotions are attacked, or whenever he makes you feel guilty, whenever he makes you feel unloved, whenever he makes you feel ashamed, whenever you're worried that he's going to be disappointed in you, you do exactly what he asks you to do. Because you don't want to experience those emotions, number one. Number two, you don't want to make him angry. Because if you make him angry, potentially he's not going to talk to you. You know, this is emotional abuse. Because your decisions, it doesn't matter what decisions you make. If that impacts someone else, that should be something that you talk about. In a healthy relationship... It should be something that you talk about and you come together on. And this is the thing, especially if you're in a relationship with someone from the Middle East, the culture and the religion is so much different to what we're used to in the West. And they do things so differently compared to how we do it in the UK, as example. So the biggest, most important thing for any type of relationship is communication. To understand, well, how do they view the world? How do I view the world? And how can we come together to make our views work? Instead of using emotions to make you do certain things. Because unfortunately, this is what happens here. Okay? There are so many men, as example, that I speak to here in Egypt who have been on a level, emotionally abused by their mum. And unfortunately, it's so normalised here. So as example, something very, very small, which really causes a huge problem in a lot of multicultural relationships here. So when the Egyptians are getting married to foreigners, as example, if the mum does not like the wife or his potential wife-to-be, If she doesn't like her, she will make him feel bad not to marry her. She will say, if you marry that girl, I will never speak to you again. That's pulling on his emotions. He's going to be abandoned. He's not going to have his mum around. And because of that, he follows what his mum says. Because his mum's pulled on his heartstring that he's going to be left alone. He's not going to have her by his side. So then what do they do? They, they lose the woman that they love so much because of their mums, because they don't want to lose their mums. And they end up getting married to, to women that they don't even love just to keep their mums happy. And then this is what we do as a result is we then abandon ourselves to make them happy because the thing is the men here they've seen emotional abuse as normal from their mothers so they use exactly the same technique with us they make us feel like 
if we don't do something, they're going to leave. And there is so many times that I've had so many arguments with my ex-husband and he would say, if you don't do this, this and this, then I'm gone. We're divorced. That's it. That's emotionally, emotional abuse. And then because you're so attached to him, because he's done the mental work on you, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, he's done the mental work on you to make you attached to him. And because you're so scared to feel alone, because you've never been alone in your life because of attachments that you've had in the past, because you've never felt alone and you're scared because there was a time in your life that you were abandoned by the person that you were attached to, your fear of being alone will make you do certain things. Again, he's using the fear that you're scared to feel. He's using that against you. Does that make sense? And there's probably so many of you women out there that have told all your deepest and darkest secrets to the man that you're in love with or the man that you did fall in love with. And you're probably thinking to yourself, why is it that I've told him all of these things that have happened to me in the past and he's doing it? He's doing it because you've told him exactly how your emotions work. So he knows exactly how to work them. This is the point. So it's not the fact that we as women go around and tell men what have happened to us. Because if you're telling him what's happened to you in the past and how you've been hurt, you're basically giving him the green light to go and do exactly the same thing. Because that's exactly how you get hurt, your core. If you've not gone back to those reasons of how you were hurt in the past and you've healed them you will find that whenever you go into a relationship going forward, the same thing is going to keep happening because you haven't learned the lesson underneath all of this. When we are emotionally abused, what is that teaching us? It's teaching us as women to know how to deal with our emotions, believe it or not. Because when we deal with our emotions, when we handle the core of who we are, that's the foundation No one can break us when we know our emotions. No one. No one can manipulate us. No one can break us. No one can abuse us. No one can do anything. Why? Because we're not scared to face any type of emotion when it comes up. Like now, as an example, because of all the work that I've done on myself, if fear comes up, I know how to handle it. I know how to work with it. When guilt comes up, I know how to work with it. I know how to communicate. When I feel that someone's disappointed in me, I know exactly how I handle that emotion and how I express myself. I know what I don't do and what I should do. Instead of going into auto and thinking that I need to be this good girl in all of these situations. And in order to be the good girl, I have to make sure that everyone else is happy and I forget myself because I'm too scared because I don't know how to process those emotions. That's what's going on. And the only way that we can stop being disempowered by this type of abuse is by us standing in our power and understanding the power of who we are. The power of who we are is our emotions as women. And this this is why this type of abuse is such a silent killer because they are getting us at our core, okay? Like... Oh, you cannot understand how important this wisdom is right now, okay? 
Right, the next one. Mental abuse. Okay, mental abuse is, again, what happens is, is first of all, they'll get our emotions. And that's why I've mentioned it first, because they'll get us at our emotions. Okay, and once they've got us in our emotions... And because we don't know how to process them, us as women then move to our mind, okay? So, right, he's making me feel guilty. So how can I think about certain ways to make that person happy again? So then we think and we think and we think. So then with us with us being emotionally abused, we're cutting ourselves off. This is when the shield comes up around our heart because our emotions are within our heart space and as soon as our emotions are targeted we put the shield up that's it once we do that we then move to our mind so nothing is actually about love after this everything is based on the attachment which is a mind bond between the other person okay so everything is going from the mind then we're thinking about everything so then the next step for them and like I say, they're doing all of this without without them even realising and without us even realising. They then attack the way that we think. So it could be, again, something very, very small. But I don't know. When you are with an Egyptian, as an example, this is an example from my experience. Um, some of them don't like it that you hug and kiss other men when you're in a relationship with the, with them. Mostly, most men from the Arab world. And um, as the, because they see it as a sign of disrespect, okay? So when I was first with, obviously, backstory, I visited Egypt three years before I met my ex-husband. So I'd made a lot of friends that were male, okay? I used to go to the same hotel, and I'd went there eight times. I made a lot of very good friends at that point. And I would always hug and kiss them whenever I saw them. So once I got in a relationship with him, um, I thought, because you would, coming from the UK, like, I thought that it was okay to still hug and kiss the men. And then he'd say to me, what are you thinking hugging another guy? and kissing another guy when I am next to you. What are you thinking? And then I'd say, yeah, but they're my friends. And he'd say, yes, but you're with me now. And I'm like, whoa, okay. So in the back of my mind, because he's angry, I don't want him to be angry. So he's already affected my emotions at this point. And now he's made me think mentally, if I kiss and hug a man, that equals him being angry at me, him not talking to me. Okay, that's mentally what's going on in my mind. So mentally, it's now made me think for him not to be angry equals not hugging and kissing male friends. So then I stopped. Because he mentally changed the way I was thinking to how he needs me to think. Instead of me standing there and saying, look, these are my friends. I met them before I knew you and I am going to kiss and hug my friends anyway. If that upsets you, that's your problem. I didn't say that. I internalised what he wanted me to think. 
And that was the first step for me to start losing myself. Because the way I was thinking as Jade was being taken away from me. And that's what mental abuse is. Step by step, how you think, they change every single thing, how you think, to how they think. And then in the end, you lose yourself. That, that's the reason why we lose ourselves because we are not standing strong in our beliefs. We're too scared to face certain emotions. So then we start to deprogram who we are to be who they want us to be. And it's a process over time that it happens. These are just very small things. So uh, another example... Um, I used to sometimes find um, my ex-husband's phone on the coffee table, as example. And I was cleaning and his phone would go off. And when his phone would go off, I was just... It was a complete... What's the word? Coincidence that um, as I was cleaning that area, his phone lit up and I saw that it was a girl's name. So I said to him, Oh... Um, Olga's messaged you. Like, who's Olga, if you don't mind me asking? Um, My ex-husband at the time worked um, in the entertainment industry, so him messaging women wasn't something um, weird for me. Like, he had a number of girls working for him, so it wasn't something odd. But I would still be interested to know who, who they were. So then he would then say to me, So you're now looking on my phone? No, I'm not looking on your phone. I was just cleaning and the name popped up and I'm just asking you who it is. So you're looking at my phone, he would say. I'm like, right, okay, yeah, I'm looking at your phone. So who's Olga? So now you're you're going on to my personal things, my private area, my my phone is private to me. So you're going on to my things without asking me. That's what he used to say to me. And I say, no, I'm not. I've just explained to you that I was cleaning. Nah, nah, nah. You're looking on my phone. You're spying on me. I'm not having this. How dare you go near my phone? And it would cause a huge argument. So not only... This is this manipulation, okay, is something known as gaslighting. And gaslighting is when he makes you feel that you're causing a problem. When in reality, he just doesn't want to face what you found. Because deep down, that old girl was probably a girl that was texting him that he, w- he wasn't working with. And I found that. And he didn't want to confirm to me that he's messaging other women. So instead, he's blamed me and basically telling me underneath that, don't look on my phone. So at that time, he actually would make me feel like I'm going crazy. But also, he would make me realise again, if I look on his phone, that equals him being angry. Which means, if I don't look on his phone that equals he will not be angry at me. So again, he changed my belief system. He changed the way I would think. He changed the way I would act so I would avoid arguments. Do you see how deep but how small 
Once all of these small situations all add up, you will find that every single thing in your mind doesn't actually belong to you, it belongs to him. And everything you're doing is based on him, not based on how you think. And this is why when you get to the point at the end or when you get to the point that you've completely lost yourself, this is the reason why, because you don't know yourself because you aren't you. You've been mentally abused that much that you don't know who you are anymore. You don't know how to think. You don't know how to feel. You don't know how to be emotional. You don't know how to be yourself because every single way you are being yourself is based on who he wants you to be, not on who you are. And this is why rebuilding yourself after this type of abuse is so, so important because you are building your own bricks of your own masterpiece of your own house once again. And you need to make sure that when you rebuild this, you rebuild your mind and your way of thinking to how you want to think, not based on other people. Because this is the thing, before even going into this relationship, all of us, believe it or not, until we actually really deeply research and find out about the world and the way people think, until we do that, we are always holding and acting as part of other people's belief systems, mainly our parents, okay? So I'm just going to give you a classic example of this, okay? So as children, we are taught as foreigners, well, people in the UK, this is okay, exactly. So people from the UK, me, myself, I am taught that when I eat my dinner, if I put my elbows on the table, that's rude. That's what I'm taught, okay? And that I have to eat my dinner with a knife and fork. I don't eat it with my hands because if I eat it with my hands, um, that's, it's, it's, it's dirty. You're looking like, like you're lower class in a way, okay? That's what I've been brought up. That's my belief system based on my mum and dad, based on their mum and dad, based on how everyone in my family from generations past have done things, okay? So I've now come to Egypt, right? And I'm seeing people eating food with their fingers with bread. And I'm like, oh my God, like, this isn't normal. That's really low class. That's weird, And they've got their elbows on the table. Like, they're being really rude and disrespectful. And then I realised that when I asked someone, I said to them, I was like, you know when you have your elbows on the table, did did your mum ever tell you that that was bad? They said, no, why? I was like, oh, because that's what I was told when I was little. In Egypt, they don't believe that. They don't believe that to be rude. You know? So that's their belief system and that's my belief system. But actually, what what is the truth? And the fact is for me that it doesn't matter how you eat your food and how you position your hands or your body part on the table, it doesn't actually matter. That's my new belief system that I've put in myself. That's Jade's way of thinking. That's not my mum's way of thinking, my dad's way of thinking, my whole family's way of thinking. And it's nothing to do with Egypt. That's my way of thinking. So that is now 
my program in my mind and I'm going to stand strong on that. So if I go back to the UK and I eat food with my hands and my nan says to me, Jade, you're being really rude eating your food with your hands or you're being really rude because you've got your arms on the table. And I'm like, no, actually, I'm, I'm not being rude. And I'm just really sorry that you view it that way. But in my mind, I'm not being rude. And I'm really sorry if you take that, that I'm being rude. But this is how I do things now, you know? And this is how, step by step, we re- rebuild ourselves. And this is where the deeper work comes in. Because so many of us women are programmed how these men need us to think. Even I had a client yesterday, she's been through a year-long toxic relationship with a European man and she's been instilled in her mind that how she looks physically is the most important thing because that's how he used to obsess over her. If she looked fat or if she looked a certain way that he didn't like... He would rip her apart and destroy her self-confidence through that. So she goes to the gym still because he's programmed her that much that how she physically looks is the most important thing. So we did work around that. I've given her tasks to, to be able to take this belief out of her mind and reprogram a new belief. And this is where certain assignments I give my clients are so important because in order for us to rebuild our own belief systems, we need to work on it every day. This is where affirmations come in, as example. Sometimes, most of the time, affirmations themselves need deeper work to be deeply installed. Because this mental abuse, honestly, it's... it's it's extremely deep stuff and I am here for all of it. Because most of the programs that we've been installed in our mind actually comes from when we were children. Okay. And I'm going to give you a little example of this, of how what is instilled within us as children can then then impact us in our in our adult life and how certain beliefs and programs and things that we've been told need to be deprogrammed and uninstalled because if not it's going to cause us further problems later on so very very simple example okay us as girls a lot when we were little we would be given presents from family members okay and when we were given these presents we'd open them and sometimes we don't like them okay and when we don't like them we look at our mums and dads and they know straight away that we don't like it or they know straight away that we've already got that present from someone else and they look at us and they give us that stern look as if to say smile be happy don't be ungrateful so then we look at our other family members and we say thank you for the present we really like it thank you and then we go up to our mum and dads later and then we say yeah but mum I don't like this present And they say, don't be ungrateful. Someone has given you something. Don't be ungrateful. That's rude. That whole situation right there is teaching us as little girls that if someone gives us something that we don't want, we have to accept it. That's what what 
is teaching us, okay? So then as we grow up, if people do things that we don't like, we can't say anything because that's rude. And we're taught that we have to accept it, which means when you're in a relationship, if someone's rude to you, in the very, very back of your mind, the situation when you was a little girl and your mum looked at you meanly because you couldn't be ungrateful, comes back into your mind. So instead of you voicing your opinion and saying, I'm not allowing you to treat me like that, you say nothing. That's how deep this work is. Based on something small as a child has instilled and allowed you as a full-grown adult to accept things that you don't want and to not speak up. And it's only when we can go back to that, reprogram it, which then is going to stop you in life accepting things that you no longer want to accept and voicing your true thoughts on that. That's the only way you're going to start to evolve in relationships. It's the only way you are going to begin to stop attracting and allowing toxic people into your life. It's by deprogramming these childhood beliefs and different beliefs that have been installed in our minds for so many years and finding your own ones, finding your own truth. So not only is dealing with your emotions and how to deal with your emotions so important, it's about you having your own mind and your own truth at the same time. Because when you have your own truth, emotionally, all your emotions are aligning with your truth. And that's when you stand strong. That's when you stand in your power. Because not only are you powerful in your mind, you are powerful in your body. This is how we be badass bitches. This is how we be goddesses. This is how we radiate. And this is how we be the women that we want to be in this world. This is the core of what I teach. This is the core of what I support women through. And... I wish I knew this stuff so many years ago because honestly now I'm in this world I even I've been doing this work for three years I am still finding certain beliefs and I'm like right that belief it's not serving me I need to do the work and I need to change that I'm doing it consciously now all the time because I'm realizing that my life is my mirror my life is teaching me what beliefs are no longer serving me to go forward in my life, you know? Because if I I was led to believe that I was nothing special growing up, I always had to prove myself. I always had to show who I was. I felt like I always had to overachieve and overdo at school and make sure I got the best marks in order to be seen and applauded and loved 
by my parents. And I took that into my relationship. I had to overdo, I had to overachieve, I had to overprove. And with that, I didn't feel that I was anything special. I was only special when I exhausted myself. And if I kept hold of that belief, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now. Because I wouldn't have believed that I was good enough. I wouldn't have believed that I deserve to have a business of my own. I wouldn't have believed that I deserve happiness by being who I am. I wouldn't believe that I deserve to be loved for exactly who I am and that no one else in this world is like me. I am unique because of who I am, because of how I think, because of how I deal, because of how I love, because of how I how I how, how I am jade. We don't need to be like anyone else in this world. We need to be uniquely ourselves. And this is the beauty of doing this deeper work is you are uniquely you and the thing is when you are uniquely you every single thing every single person that's supposed to be in your life will come to you as a result because if you're going round so as example say this is a classic example say I'm in Disney World okay and you yourself I'm looking for Mickey Mouse and you yourself are in your Mickey Mouse costume, but you've got, um, I don't know what his name is, the big guy in Monsters, Inc. You know, the big blue guy. You've got his outfit on. And you, you're coming up to me and you're like, I'm Mickey Mouse. And I'm like, no, you're not, because you've got this big, big blue, big blue outfit on. You're like, you're from Monsters, Inc. You're not Mickey Mouse. And you're like, no, 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 I'm Mickey Mouse. I'm inside. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I walk away. And this is what's happening to you. You already know the truth of who you are inside you, okay? But because you're wearing a costume of what other people want you to be, your people can't find you because you are walking around as someone else. And it's only when you actually take off this suit, this outfit, that you're going to be who you are And then I'm going to be able to find Mickey Mouse again because Mickey Mouse is not going around with another outfit on. Does that make sense? Doing this deeper work around all of this, you are taking off every single coat that someone else has put on you. Every single outfit that someone's put on you, every single expectation that they're expecting you to be a certain way, you're taking it off step by step. And then you're being who you're supposed to be. And then you will find that when you are living, breathing, embodying the person that you want to be, your person will come to you automatically because you're magnetic. That's, that's who we are as women at our core is magnetism. We bring everything towards us. Everything. Everything we desire. Like, I'm sitting here looking at every single thing that I have and I'm like, do you know what? I brought this shit to me. I didn't have the money that I have in my bank account right now. I've never had this in my life, in my bank account. And I'm like, yeah, I did this stuff. Why? Because I'm being me now. And I'm attracting what I should have in my life right now based on the person that I'm being. 
and you can have exactly the same. If you are fed up with being emotionally and mentally abused and you really truly desire an unconditional love that you believe to be true, this is the work for you. Because when you become the person that you truly should be, you will attract every single thing that you desire, including unconditional love. Because once you embody that, your life becomes a mirror of that and that's how the man shows up. I truly believe this. I've, I've witnessed so many people doing this deeper work and finding their person, it's ridiculous. And because I have a firm belief in that, I know that the more I am embodying who I am, the more my person is going to show up. Like, how exciting is that? Like, an exciting thought. If you at all admire the person that I am and admire the journey that I've been on, um, then I would love you to know that you can achieve everything that I've achieved. I was led to believe in my marriage that I would be nothing without him. That was the belief that he put inside my head. He also put the belief inside my head that no one will love me because I'm fat. Because at that time, I was a little, I was slightly overweight, but he made me believe that no man will love me like that. He also made me believe that um, if I would take the step to leave, that I would see a whole other face of him and his anger. So he put me in fear. He tried to disempower me so much by using fear against me. But it, in the end, I realised that I have done the most fearful thing of moving a country with no one around me. I have put myself in fearful situations and guess what? I was okay the other side. And he might try and make me feel as fearful as possible, but it's how I see fear that's gonna get me through this. And this, these silent killers, this is what they do. They. These men know how powerful we are, okay? They know extremely how powerful we are and they get us right at our power and they disconnect us. And that's when you'll find that when I started to gain my confidence back and I started to speak back and I started to gain my power, his his way of putting me in fear got 10 times bigger. His manipulation was 10 times bigger. Okay, his gaslighting me was 10 times bigger. His way of pulling my heartstrings was 10 times bigger. Literally, like, you're not getting out of that box. I'm going to punch you back down to, to put you back in that box again. And when it was like that, honestly, I, I, I'll be honest, I'd say to him, I'd rather you hit me right now than saying all what you're saying to me. Like, I'd rather you hit me. 
because how he made me lose my self-confidence, how he made me view myself was ridiculous. Like, he made me believe that I was a disgusting human being. That's what he made me believe. He made me believe that every single argument in my marriage was my fault. He made me believe that I was unlovable. He made me believe all these things. But the thing is, he made me believe it, but I also believed it. And this is the point. I also believed it because I wasn't strong in knowing who I was. And this is where the work is for most women, is understanding who you are at your core and being confident and firm in that. Once you're confident and you're firm, no one touches it. No one goes even near it. Whenever anyone questions it even, you are straight there with your defence mechanisms. Like, no, you are not going anywhere near the core of who I am. I know who I am and you're not going to change me because of that. You know? And it's it's expressing that in, in a relationship, you know? Not for, because this is also the other thing. Once you've gone through a relationship like that, a lot of women struggle to go into another relationship. So then they become really hypervigilant. Like, well, you're trying to change me. No, 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 you're not changing me. No, 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 don't go near that. It's about you trusting that every single time as a human, you can evolve And it could be that someone else shares with you how they believe life to be. And then you can then decide, is that their truth? Is that my truth? And do I want to embody what they've said? Because we're always growing. Whoever we were a month ago is not who we are today. Even with me, you know, um, I've become very consciously aware of this badass bitch right now. And I'm... I'm working with that. I'm developing myself to develop her identity, you know? And I'm evolving because of that. Because I've gained more wisdom from another person that's helped me develop this side of me, you know? And it's knowing that when you're in a relationship, it's you trusting, is that person trying to change me? Or is this person trying to improve me? Is this person trying to disempower me or is this person trying to give me more power? You know, and this is where a healthy relationship is because your partner is the person that should be empowering you, wanting you to grow, wanting you to be the best version of yourself, not wanting you to change. And this is the biggest thing going forward for us as women also to learn that we are always growing always evolving in so many different ways. So I'm going to leave it there. I said I was going to leave it there a minute ago, but I am really going to leave it there. So I'd love to know your takeaways from this episode. Um, If you are interested in doing deeper work with me, then pop me a DM, my socials are below, or pop me an email, info at jwstipples.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to work with you. And I'd love to transform who you are as a person on so many levels. Anyway. Um, enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your evening, the rest of your week, whenever you're listening to this. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. <laughs>